Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Nuggets is confident, but they hear the one we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this family is running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another rousing edition of 48 Minutes. I am your host, Alex Derrickson, and joined this week by Tim Daniel, the mayor of Carl Anthony Town. Hey, buddy. Happy 20th anniversary of He Got Game. You're correct. It is. these. The, arguably, if you're Sean, probably it's probably top four. But fourth. <laughs> top, top six. <laughs> top six basketball movie. But I mean, I mean, it's it's number two, guys, behind Teen Wolf. So, so it's in the top two. It's in the top two. But it's two. two. Right. But it but it's two. <laughs> exactly. Are arguably the best Spike Lee joint. I would I would say that. Yeah, behind, you know, Bamboozled. Yeah. Did you ever see Bamboozled? I've seen Girl Six. That wasn't the question, Sean. No. <laughs> that was I asked if you've seen Bamboozled, you're talking about Girl Six and then and then, then the the king of the Dairy Queen, Sean Mackey here. <laughs> Hey, hey. For the record, Sean is not fat. So don't think that's what his nickname comes from. Yeah, yeah. It's not because I I love blizzards. No, it's because you love the dilly bars. (laughs) I've never had a dilly bar before. Yeah, you're missing out, man. I haven't had a dilly bar, a a Big Mac, or a a Twinkie. It's on my my list. uh, You're not not missing a whole lot with the Twinkies. The dilly bar, though, is you get that hard chocolate shell... Wrapped around that vanilla ice cream on a stick, man. Like you, it's good. Okay, it I'd, I'd recommend that. Uh, when when the one by us used to close because it's a seasonal stand, as you know. Yes. Uh, when it would close, my mom would go, and this is a very my mom thing to do. She'd buy like boxes of dilly bars. She, I, I would assume, she'd bought out the remaining inventory for the summer, <laughs> and would just bring yes. them home because we didn't have that that all year round one. You know, like down down the road that eventually opened. Like so, she would just stock up. So we had like. It was no longer a seasonal treat. If that if that is a that is not a a Karen Derrickson thing. That's not I don't, names. I I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know what what else she would do because that right? is that is that is totally something your mom would do. Now, okay, so <laughs> right. So before we get into the rigmarole, I, I think in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, this is a bit of a walk, so so bear with me because there's a lot to unpack. But I have, I have an anecdote I'd like to display. But I between the, between last week and this week, I, I have not had a lot of time to to watch the old b-ball. You know, it's kind of the what comes with the sacrifices of being a parent and then just various other life changing circumstances. But I will I wanted to share this with you guys because uh, this is a story I've been keeping in my back pocket here. You know, so we uh, we had to go buy a birthday card. My my wife and I. Uh, for for a family member on her side, and uh, we went to our, our local our local grocery establishment, a, a fine Kroger, as it were, and we're pulling into the parking lot, and I'm I'm waiting to turn, and there's this woman that that darts out in front of me, kind of. She kind of darts out and she stops, but she's like hunched over, like she should be ringing a church bell, and she's covered in like all these weird, obviously like obvious track marks from uh, from the heroines. And she's just coughing. Like, it looked like she was actually like, coughing inward, right? And I was like, well, okay, like, she probably needs to go in more than I need to turn. So I kind of, like, motion her in, and I, I turn, and she's just like, <laughs> just heaving, you know, making great radio here, and just coughing like up a storm. So I pull into the spot, and my wife and I are watching her. She does not go into the Kroger. Do you know what she does, Tim? What'd she do? She goes to the standing ashtray outside, <laughs> shakes it, pops the top off, extracts some used cigarettes, <laughs> puts them in her pocket, gets in a van, and they drive off. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I know. Like, this is, this is what we have to deal with. Like, I, I swear, in any other circumstance, the woman coughs up bees. It's, it's, it's a terrible life to live, but that, that's what I got to see instead of basketball this week. You know, right. you know. See, when I drive by my local Kroger late at night, there's a red box machine. Well, yeah, and, for and sure. I've, I've, 
I've, if I've said this before, I'll say it again. I just want to drive by the line of people that are out <laughs> renting DVDs in 2018 and just yell at them while I'm passing by. All those movies are on the internet. So now do you have – because this is what we have here on, on my side of the river, on my side, on my side of the river, you know, so like, you know, su- subsides here. Do you have the mythical red box customer that is in line ahead of you? And when you walk up to it, he turns around and tells you a coupon code to get you a free rental. No. See, that that's has never we, happened to me. That's what we have. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you, <laughs> you, you got to bite the bullet, right? Like, some stuff's just not there. And you're like, yeah, I want this movie now, and I don't want to have to use my bandwidth to do it. So, like, you, you walk up to the machine, and there's a guy in front of me, and he just turns around, and he goes, hey, y'all, if you put in Family 15, it's a free rental. And he leaves. He just apparates. <laughs> He doesn't walk he doesn't walk off into the sunset. He just like just apparates into the sky to go to another red box, I guess, to help out another Other another, people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like that's... some sort of Johnny Appleseed. Do you do you think he's the boyfriend of the cigarette woman? Oh Lord, I hope not. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure he would have tried to be like, if you put in family fifteen, you get a free rental. Now you gotta give me five dollars for this great information exchange. <laughs> In which case would then be used to buy whole cigarettes. <laughs> Not dumpster dive for butts. But this is 48 Minutes. It does come to you each and every week on podcast services around the globe. And if you like what you hear, you can go to 48minutesnetwork.com where we got a whole bunch of back order episodes, articles, and other sorts of fun stuff waiting for you there. If you want to support the show, this little labor of love is entirely self-funded and self-produced. The best way... To give us your support is to go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, write us a nice little review. It doesn't cost you anything but a couple of mouse clicks at a minute of your time. Now that we got that out of the way, it's been an interesting week. I, I, I know I, I talked about not seeing a lot, but uh, there's there's been some news. So I, I think you know we got we got a little we got a, a horn of plenty of topics here. So I think the best place to start. Uh, Fizzdale to the Knicks, maybe? Can we start calling them the Fizzy Knicks, if that happens? I mean, we, we kind of have to at this point, right? I mean, coining it. Yeah. We coin kinda... a lot here. We don't get enough credit. No, we don't. No, you're right. You're right. Um, it ruined my theory, because the last interview they had before they closed interviews was Mike Brown. And I was like, no. oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this yeah. is going to happen, isn't Man. it? If there was ever a coaching decision to be made by a team named after a pair of trousers, it's hiring Mike Brown. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, so that's what I was thinking. Then today, obviously, the report comes out that Fisdale is gaining traction towards the Knicks. Um, okay, I'm going to try to positively spin this because sure. I know that Sean is going to wreck this, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, we, we try to stay positive here, you know? It's a positive so, show. I like what Trey Burke became for the Knicks when Christoph Porzingis was hurt, and mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. See, okay, but before before we hand the reins over to Sean, and I'm going to grab a water, uh, just because I, I just want to let this you know let this storm go. Uh, I I like the move. I like Fisdale on the Knicks. I think he's one of the more suitable coaches they would have hired. You know, given the the pantheon of, of choices that were out there uh, in terms of like fired coaches or ready to go like, you know, hot out of the oven assistance. For me though, I don't think any move the Knicks make is a positive move until they get rid of their ownership. Yeah. That's kind of like the Mike Brown thing in Cincinnati, not it, Mike Brown, the Warriors coach. Right. It's, it's, it's similar. Yeah. Where like you, the ownership is going to be what is the backbone of that team. Yeah, yeah, the coaches and the players and or the, yeah, the coaches and the players are one thing, but like the ownership kind of still has the final say. And if Dolan is this just consistent schmuck of a human being whose apparent sole goal is to have a blood feud with Charles Oakley, it's <laughs> it's not going to work because if Fisdale doesn't meet these immeasurable expectations that the city's going to have, uh, that the franchise is going to have, that the legacy of, you know, those jerseys and with that hang in the rafters are going to have, it's not going to work. And I love, I love Fisdale and Porzingis together. 
I think that is a great pairing. I just wish it was literally anywhere else in the NBA. Yeah, I, I hear that, man. Um, I think the Knicks have so Ennis Cantor has been really good for them. So I that, that I, I can understand that the Garden being one thing that makes it attractive. But you know, other than Ennis Cantor, Trey Burke, you know, Porzingis, granted if he plays next year, this is probably going to be a team that picks nine or ten in a in a six player draft. So there's not a whole lot of upside to this, and it's it's I, screaming draft and stash. Yeah, it is, and I also don't think that this is. I'm sure that there's some Nick fan out there who's probably like, well, you know, LeBron really likes David Fisdale. If David Fisdale gets to job the Knicks, I think LeBron James is going to come to the Knicks, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't I don't think any fans think that's going to happen at this point. They've got to be so jaded going to going to games with bags on their heads. I mean, it's it's the saddest franchise in the NBA, and it shouldn't be. No, I mean, but you, you look at the, the past – coach player pairings you know d'antoni and stoudemire that should have transitioned phoenix into new york uh mellow and literally anybody which i think we're going to touch on here it's <laughs> it's not that that team is a black a morale black hole and i think again it comes back to the ownership and like i said until dolan you know gets the sand out of his vagina i don't I don't know what you do because I think okay. So if if Dolan came out and was like, "Hey, we're hiring David Fisdale. We're keeping Porzingis long term. We've got him signed." Like just hypothetically speaking, but be patient with us. We're not going to win for the next 5 years. I'm on board with this move. So you want him to come out and publicly state that they are going to suck for five years. I, I want them to adapt the process. But you, I don't even know if you're allowed to admit that now. Well, it's it's not. <laughs> well, it's not, tried that. It's not, a, yeah. it's not a matter of admitting it. It's a matter of just being like, they don't have to sit there and say, hey, we're not going to intentionally lose for five years. It's just like a where we're at currently with our franchise is a state of rebuilding. We want to bring a winner to New York. And given the state of where we're at, the state of the... You know, everything involved, we are not in a win-now place. And as an owner and GM, it is my job to get us there, but these kind of moves take time. But the the problem is, is New York is not, you know, I don't think they're a city or a franchise, you know, historically that would like to wait. They don't, I think Philadelphia got lucky. Because, I mean, I will sit there and I love the Sixers and I love that fan base. But I've often said that Philadelphia is one of the worst sports cities on the planet. Completely. But they had patience. They literally trusted the process. And it's paid dividends, you know, right now. Granted, they looked a little little slumpy against the Celtics. But it's the the, the progress is being made. And there's that faith and that believing and, and the ownership. And I don't think that that's there right now in New York. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Knicks are the Knicks, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's it, you know what it is with them every year. And it gets worse and worse. Um, I don't think they're a free agent attraction either anymore. Uh, so like you said, I think that's where draft and stash comes into play. Um, I do, you know... I shouldn't say that the whole roster is bad because, like I said, Cantor played up well for them. They're, I mean, they're NBA players. No roster is bad. Right, right. You got to be. It's just not competitive. You got to be really bad at basketball to suck. I mean, you got to be really good at basketball to suck in the NBA. You know, right? Richard Jefferson has like engraved that thought process into me when I talk about like when I want to say a player sucks, I have to stop myself. Yeah, I so, mean, they're still the best in the world. One of the best in the world at it. Right. Even if Cameron Payne's an NBA player, I still have to stop myself from saying that. <laughs> um, but. You know, obviously, Nilakina, that's a guy that really, defensively, has really showed up and played really well. So, I um, I think that I'm happy Dave Fifisto is getting an opportunity. I'm just scared because it is the Knicks and it is James Dolan. And you're not going to have, you probably, there's a good chance you're not going to have your best player for at least half the year next year, if not the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, if he's, but I, if he's the guy that turns it around, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, as, as lifelong Bulls fans, we don't like the Knicks, but. I'm cool with them being good again. I don't. I'm not bothered by. I mean, that. iron sharpens iron, right? Like, right. Exactly. You. I mean, I. I want the Atlantic Division to do well outside of just like the Raptors and the Sixers and the Celtics. You know, like we. You want competition throughout the league. It's just the problem is, is there's not. 
the league is still it's deep and it's deeper than it's ever been with talent uh but it's still there's not enough talent to go around right and yeah. that's why things like the lottery exist but you've got teams trying to game the lottery and it's it's all it's all a mess and i the knicks if they get fisdale great i think that's a great first step i still they are three years minimum away from being an eighth seed and if porzingis bounces uh they're another like six Woof. so i don't know have patience knicks fans they they're trying clearly they're just not doing a lot of right stuff hornet that god there were so many dumb decisions i could do that i could do this all day dude like our, our episode last week i think sean and i literally spent 20 minutes making fun of the knicks it's it so just, easy it's too it, easy it, it, it yeah you're right there was no like thought process of like oh remember when like we were like no we listened this 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 and this like well and it started and i think you see this with a lot of teams like I, oh my god i would love to do like a more like deep seated like article on this but the the seismic shift of 2010 and that massive free agent class and how so many teams like mortgaged their futures on a dice roll oh dude yes and you see how like the bulls like you know struck out but they still got boozer the knicks struck out but they got amari the nets struck out and they got travis outlaw and joe johnson like yeah it's just how many teams just like are still digging themselves out of a 2010 hole yeah and we're coming up on a decade from that especially um chris bosh talked about when the three like were kind of like putting together their decision the knicks were never named and when he was asked why he said it was too big of a market for us yeah so like that tells you something about that city and that location and everything that comes along with it yeah too too big of a market yeah wow huh you gotta you gotta bring that shit to you. You don't want to go to it sometimes. In a way, I I, I could get that. It's, yeah. more, it's more pressure, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably what a lot of players have felt over the years. I mean, they've had they've had just like you said. There's just we could just we could talk about the New York Knicks mistake for days, but you know, the people that have been attracted to that city who have went to that city have usually had really bad luck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Antonio McDice comes to mind. <laughs> Penny so, Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know what the lure is anymore. I mean, I don't know if they're they're just going home and watching the 30 for 30 of Michael Rappaport's uh, when, garden is, when the garden is was Eden. Just like over and over again going, man, it'd be great to go there and play. But like, I don't know what else would convince you at all at this right. point. Because, you know, besides, you know, some cool uh, 90s uh, Knicks, uh, you know, Pacers <laughs> rivalries going on in the 90s. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else you want to, you want to bring up with that team. And I think that's the point where we run out of things to talk about with the Knicks. Yeah, we're done. Screw, yeah. Why, so, why, so, we've dedicated way too much time to them. Let's okay, just move on. So here's the thing, though. Okay, uh, okay, go. We, there's, there's two avenues we can do. I'm going to let you guys decide. Uh, we can stick with coaching changes, or we can stick with uh, possible more Knicks rumors. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, go, go more Knicks rumors. Let's just keep going. Okay, so Tim, you, you put a note here in, in the show, looking at the show notes. Uh, the Kawhi camp is trying to push him to New York. One of the t- one of the options is so if you read the report that Ramona Shelbourne had that and Woj that had going up on ESPN, um, so they're at a standstill obviously in this Kawhi thing where Greg Popovich is basically saying you don't want to be here fuck you, and Kawhi's camp is saying they're really making Kawhi to be the bad guy, so the Spurs front office fears that the, the um, Kawhi's camp is trying to move him to either the Lakers. They, I think the Lakers and Knicks, or I think the Miami Heat were the other one. And my first thought when I saw that was, I'm going to go on 2K and put Kawhi Leonard in Miami Heat jersey and see what it looks like. It looks great, doesn't it? Specifically the city jerseys, right? Yeah, yes. it, it was beautiful. Um, but I might have the third team wrong. I'm kind of like going, I don't have it in front of me. But yes, for some reason or another, the San Antonio Spurs, who I know have had, had a down year, but have been the flagship NBA franchise for like our adulthood, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, they've done so many great things. You know, Kawhi Leonard was supposed to be the heir to Tim Duncan. 
as far as the quiet personality that just went and let his uh, work on the court do the talking. And we've had this weird, awkward mess where some people actually still believe he'll still play for the Spurs next year. I don't see it. Um, yes, the Knicks is one of the teams that people are concerned Kawhi Leonard's going to play for next year. And my thought process on that was, what deal could the Knicks potentially offer without with an injured Porzingis? Because I don't think Pop and Co. are going to say, yeah, we'll take Ennis Cantor and we'll take Emmanuel Moutier. We'll give you Kawhi. I don't think there's any world where that happens. No, but you talk about a couple of players, Popovich, who probably sprinkles some pop dust on and turn into gold. <laughs> yeah, Moody so especially. It's a pretty good couple of guys right there. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what what package they throw together for that, unless it's just like a weird, you know, Gasol to the Lakers deal where there's like, we'll give you Kawhi's brother that you didn't know we had. <laughs> he's, he's really good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I want the Kawhi stuff to get straightened out. That bums me out to kind of like see. It's weird to see a player kind of have a fractured relationship with the Spurs. I know. It's like, like the only time it's ever happened. I know, we, and we, we talk about it so it's much week after really, week. It's not really, though. It's, it's not, but. Okay, it's, Richard it's, Jefferson. Okay. It's, it's Steven the, Jackson getting cut right before the playoffs? Yeah, but it's he the didn't most matter. public. And it's, it's the, the most. public, yes. It's the highest, like tier of player i think that's had this issue okay yeah fair fair enough i'm all for Kawhi going to philly by the way i'm just saying well yeah i'm I'm cool with wherever he ends up you know like i think all of the options are fun except for the knicks (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 but it'll sell jerseys speaking of so it's kind of talking about guys moving around so the thunder obviously get eliminated last week um, so now reports are from Slam that came out yesterday. No, from uh, Rosillo came out yesterday. That Paul George, he's from what he's heard, is basically done. Though in his press conference, he says he would love to come back. You know, mm-hmm. so he probably just knows how to sell it. I think that's what he said when the Patriots got swept by the Cavs this last year there too. But and then obviously, you know, it comes out that the Thunder are all about moving on from Melo after his press his, uh, farewell, his exit interview, when he says, "No way, I'm going to sacrifice for a bench rule." And he's got a $29 million option that you know he's going to accept. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the quote was uh, the Thunder Camp, or quote, ver- would very much like to get rid of Melho. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a polite way to say it. I know. Got to like, when, that's what I, That's how I express when I want cake. <laughs> like, would you like some cake? I would very much like some cake. I mean, do you think they're going to have to sign? He's going to exercise that. You think they'll buy him out? It's an expensive-ass uh, buyout. That's, not, that's a small market to buy a guy out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I also don't think anyone's going to be willing to take that contract either, obviously. I, I saw Gilbert Arenas get traded once, man. Anyone can get <laughs> traded. <laughs> he had the biggest contract in NBA history at the time, so I saw him get moved to the Magic. Anyone can get traded, trust me. Just oh, God. The, the, issue, the issue, right, though, is finding the right fit for him. That is gonna that, a team that's willing to take on that deal. Like it's gonna have to be like Memphis, right? I was trying to think. Um, I just think OKC was a bad spot from the first place. I think it was the Knicks just trying to get him out of there. Sure, it was like, more or less like he should never have been playing the four. It's uh, the problem, man. I got so many problems with Mello. I know. I have so many documented problems with Mello. Oh, God, where to start? Uh, he doesn't oh, play with his back to the basket enough. He tries to shoot too many threes. He just kind of, like, takes the ball, and that's it. And that's it? Uh, I don't know. I, I've I've made the comments so on here and on Twitter that that dude's bought himself a one-way ticket to Steve Francisville. But <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, like, I can see him, like, on the Grizz. Finishing his career kind of like an Iverson role or like out in Sacramento, I think. By by Iverson role in the Grizz, do you mean plays three games and they sell all of they give away all of his jerseys to some foreign country? Yeah, where kids don't have clothes. It, to it's it'd be like <sighs> he looked dope with the yellow headband though. Yeah, and it, so would <laughs> Mello, but like it, it's it would be almost like a good faith move, I think for a struggling team to take on that deal because they know it's only going to be one year 
it would be a deal where like it's like okay yeah fuck we'll take you it's a name it put people in the seats still because you know there's still like some fly-by-night fairweather fans they're like we got carmelo he was so, drafted so what you're saying is <laughs> next october uh two weeks before halloween when the season comes up and it's opening night at the United Center, and the Alan Parsons Project's playing. And the yeah. uh, and the Kings are the visiting team, and Mellows, they're starting small forward. Yep, yeah, that's I'm right. Saying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Uh, I don't... I, he, that dude is such a fucking enigma, right? Like, yeah. I, my, my favorite Mellow free agent story was when he was a free agent on one of my seasons of 2K. And... <laughs> He Is literally that a real went. Free agent story? He, he went. Oh yeah, he went the. In, kind of. I mean, it was kind of like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I see that. Where I simmed through all the free agency, got to the last day. Mello was still the free, the top free agent. Had zero contract offers. I simmed to the end of free agency, so the extra day, and he ended up just signing a short term deal with the Knicks again. And I'm see, like, I, yep. I. <laughs> I had a situation on 2K, I want to say it was three years ago, where, and it was the year the, the Bulls were going after him in free agency, mm-hmm. and uh, I had yeah. went about, I'd went about three years into the franchise, and I ended up, there was a thing that came up, and it says, Carmelo Anthony is willing to sign for less <laughs> to play for a contender, and I was mm. like, no, and it was the only time I've ever seen that come up on 2K, oh and God. it was it was the least likely person that would have ever happened to. But you look at it now, and it's like, what else can you tell me, Wizard? Yeah, but speaking it'll be great. Of- It'll be great when Carmelo plays for the Hornets next year with him and Dwight Howard for the ultimate what the team with Kemba. Ah, man, wait. See, and that and that's the thing is that would do. Michael like, Jordan's just like I want all the Jordan Brand players. But on my that team. would do irreputable harm to the Hornets. Granted, I said the same when they grabbed Dwight Howard up, but I mean he's played thirty good games this year. Yeah, he but has a like, good year. It's it's a thing where like I think maybe there's a stigma attached to him now to where if you like I said like if you take him on it would almost be like a good faith move to just generate interest in a floundering franchise. Yeah, you you're just you're just selling a name at this point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't but I don't know what you do with him cuz I mean he's going to opt in cuz that's a fuck ton of money to leave on the table. But I don't know if the Thunder are like, oh, well, he opted in. Oh, no. Like, you've got to think that Presti's got, like, some wheels already turning, you know? Yeah, like, can, yeah, for sure. Some 4D chess shit or something. But, like, ugh. Well, it's just gross. That whole situation's gross. Melo's yeah, gross. And that's the other weird thing is we're talking all this bad stuff about this guy. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like... It's, it's, it's Dwight Howard. Like, where we talk all this shit about Dwight Howard, but that eight-year stretch where he was the best center in the league earned yeah. him a spot in the Hall of Fame. It, but at, at the same time, though, we're at a point in Melo's career where it's not how you start. It's going to be how you finish, too. Yeah. And when you're still painted as, as this name, especially when Oklahoma City was willing to, you know, give up a little bit to get him, and you get paired with... A reigning MVP, a back-to-back guy that you know averaged triple doubles, and Paul George, who is literally just there to demo out whether or not he can win a championship. Yeah, probably it, one of the three best two-way players in the league. Yeah, and you fail and you disappear in the playoffs. Like you don't even just do bad; you just don't show up. Yeah, like, I don't. Yep. I don't know, man. I think no. <laughs> okay, here uh, I'll put a pizza bet on this. Mello shows up, uh, whatever team he ends up playing for, it'll be reported at training camp that he looks like he's put on at least 20 pounds. So I'll put two pizzas on next. I say 25. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I almost want to say, like, when I, uh, a couple weeks ago during the playoff preview, I almost guarantee, I said, I almost did a guarantee that Donovan Mitchell would score 36 points in his rookie NF, uh, NBA playoff debut. I am willing to guarantee you will get at least one report that Melo looks grossly out of shape at training camp. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, so on the other end of it, Paul George, is it now, like, we know now, right? We know where he's going. The writing's on the we wall. know where he's going. It's happening. He's it's, liking it's happening. what the Bulls are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
the only case I could potentially see, and again, this is a very long shot, is he signs a deal in Cleveland if LeBron stays. Mm-hmm. Other, but that's gonna be that's gonna be you gotta get rid of Kevin Love, you gotta get rid of Tristan Thompson, you gotta clear that money. If 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 LeBron stays, he's signing a one year. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and and I don't think Paul George invests one year to play in Cleveland. I just don't. I also like kind of nervous about. Le- I could see him signing a two year only because. A one and one. Mm, yeah, I was going to say one and one. That 2019 free agent class of Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, um, I think Kyle Lowry. There's like there's like ten guys. You're like, oh shit. That's yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be probably a one and one wherever he goes. I agree, just yeah. because of that. But I mean, obviously, I think you know, obviously we all kind of. I think everyone in the world knows at this point. It's not a feeling. I think we're all just basically just waiting for two weeks in the free agency when Paul George signs deal with the Lakers. So, yeah. It's gonna happen, and and that's fine. Yeah, I'm I think. Cool with it. And 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 I, you know, I've said this before, but you know, I think you know they had a really good losing season this year. They did, and they were well coached. They won some really good games. They were fun to watch. Philly really appreciated them. Yeah, and and I think uh, I think you know you throw Paul George on that team. I think you're you're heading in the right direction. Yes. I still don't think that they are a top eight Western Conference team with him. No, with him. not at no, all. No, I like not Kuzma, I like Lonzo. Um, but then again, I would think that the uh, Timberwolves would be better than a top eight team, and they barely made it there. They lost Butler for eight weeks, and there was right. only a game difference between four and nine, or two games yeah, difference. Yeah, I know, but... <sighs> so ostensibly, the Wolves were a top four team this year. They held that three seed for a while, but you guys aren't talking about my favorite Paul George potential destination in New Orleans, and that's because it's not going to happen, but damn, does it not sound great. It would be fun. Him, Drew Holiday, Rondo, Boogie, and Davis. Uh. Yes. Uh. Yep. Uh, I want it. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for that, because that defense would be amazing. Okay, so... Kind of, I know we're we're prognosticating a little bit here with the with the mellow. We're going to have fat mellow this year, but the second mellow second mellow leaves or gets traded, and Paul George splits. So then we've got Durant already having left, and then James Harden getting traded. How soon does the narrative get spun that no one wants to play with Russell Westbrook? Oh, that narrative was spun like when Kevin Durant left. But oh, yeah. now there's more damning evidence in the form of soon-to-be-fat Mellow and Paul George. <laughs> it's going to be my favorite new blog name. Fat, fat Me- Mellow. <laughs> just like fatshotkemp.blogspot.com. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Is that, is that the career projection that uh, Carmelo Anthony is heading towards as Sean Kemp? No. Steve Francis, no. man. I'm still, I'm still banking yeah. on that. that. Yeah. That dude... I, well, you saw I ran that Twitter poll of is Carmelo Anthony soon to be the next Steve Francis or Gilbert Arenas? And I think Steve Francis won by like a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. I believe it. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I can't wait for Fat Melo. He's just going to show up in Michael Sweetney jerseys. Dude, like, I mean, Dwayne Wade was fat and then we went back to Miami and all of a sudden you're like, did he like cut 30 pounds in like two hours? Yeah, you know, it's just he you going like a, He looked like a fighter cutting weight. Ugh, those are gross. Yeah. And then you got fighters cutting away, and then another fighter showed up throwing a goddamn handcart through the bus. But that's <laughs> not what we're here to talk about. Uh, so kind of moving on, let's go back to some coaching changes. The Suns have decided they were moving on from Jay Triano, the coach that I said was the right coach with the wrong roster. And apparently the Suns disagreed and said, we got the right roster, and we need Igor Kokosov from Utah, the first <laughs> European-born NBA coach native to Serbia. Uh, I do not know much about Igor Kokoskov. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. First, not. first or last, it could be Igor. Uh, so he was a jazz assistant under Quinn Snyder. So good pedigree. I mean, we were talking. We've we've been riding the Snyder train here for the last couple seasons. Uh, me until specifically. Until your place is Coach Kate Duke, you mean? Who Quinn Snyder? Yep. You think that's what's going to happen? Yep. I think once Coach K retires at Duke, they're just going to shutter the whole 
program and duke's going to collapse in on itself like a dying star and you're going to wake up one day and they're going to be like you're going to be like who's coaching duke and someone's going to be like there never was a duke and like a hooded triumvirate's going to show up and they co- pull you off behind some fences and no one's going to ever hear from tim again <laughs> yeah probably uh, <laughs> so there's really not much to say on him though nope like, i the sons man they are still uh, ways off Yep, they're the favorites to win the lottery, so that means they're probably they were the favorites to win the DeAndre Ayton draft. Mm-hmm. Um, which, God, I don't want him to go there. I, know, I, don't <laughs> I want Devin Booker to leave because he said if they don't make the playoffs this year, he's like, he's done missing the playoffs, which is like awesome because you're the he, right spot to be done for that. He's, he's done doing the thing he's never done before. Right. Yeah. So I'm done going to the moon. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've never been to the moon, Devin Booker. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I guess I don't know. good, I guess, bad? Best of luck? I mean, it was. I'm glad to see they didn't go with the rumored Vinny Del Negro hire. Oh, yeah. Jeez, no one, was, I, wasn't wasn't he in the front office there before he got yeah. signed by the Bulls? Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Before he became Vinny Del Cocho. Yeah. Miss it. <laughs> best, miss it. Best defensive coach ever. Just shouts miss it at opposing players. Yep. That, that 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 is up there with the Jason kid not getting to me spill this ice. See, yeah. we had that same discussion last week. Oh yeah. man. So good, good job for the Suns. Best of luck this this coming season. Best of luck in the draft. Hope you get off on the right foot. I guess I don't know. We're not optimistic at all. No, I mean it's oof, prove me wrong. Uh, so, like I said, I'm I'm gonna grab a drink, and I'm gonna let Tim uh, old Teases here take the wheel on uh, his theory that there is a sort of a Freaky Friday situation between Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Yeah, so if you've been watching the Cavaliers, like I have, um, and the two, the two biggest games they've had so far, one being Game 7 against the Pacers, where they became victorious, and Game 1, when they beat the Raptors, where the Raptors choked it away. Don't worry, we're going to get to the Raptors and how I might be wrong for my theory I had in March. I know. It's going to talk. We're going to talk about Sean. I know. Um... You would think that the second guy who would really be stepping up for them would be Kevin Love, right? You know? Um, yeah, yeah, you'd think. Yeah. But Tristan Thompson is all of a sudden playing, like, good basketball. He's not, like, taking, like, he's not going in, like, milliseconds to the rim to get a rebound. He is actually dunking the ball. He won a jump ball in the fourth quarter last night. Great, it was against OG and OB. But I don't know what's going on with Kevin Love, Sean. I'm really concerned about him, to be honest with you. Um... I know that I know that not every player can play with LeBron, and I know that playing with LeBron can be very difficult. I mean, there's a reason Kyrie Irving left Cleveland, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, right. You know, that's not a dig on LeBron. It's you know, Michael Jordan no. was a very demanding player of his teammates as well. Um, not trying to get into the MJ Jordan thing here. This that's this isn't the podcast for that people. Um, nope. So, but Kevin Love is really like last night. He was very good on the boards. I mean, I, I I could not have asked more of him. To, you know, in a game when he couldn't score, and he did hit a clutch three at the end there. But I expected in a, in a in a season where LeBron James really looks to be your second guy, for Kevin Love to be able to do better than seven, ten, eleven, seven, four, like he has had in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I mean, I it's uh, he he's got to be gone at the end of the year, right? Yeah. There's I I don't, I don't think there's I mean obviously if LeBron leaves he's gone but I think he's gone regardless I think they you know I I don't want to say his best yeah his best days are behind him what am I saying but yeah it's just it's weird but, but yeah but it's it's not like he's hurt or anything but it's like I don't know man he's been playing like a bum the last couple games yeah he has I've been actually looking I'm looking stat by stat right now the best game he had was scoring wise was game seven he had fourteen points. And game four, no, game five, the one where LeBron hit the buzzer beater to win, um, he had 11 and 10. But he okay. shot two of 11 from the floor. He was 6 of 6 from the line. Yeah. So, I've kind of, you know, I just, I don't understand. I, you know, maybe he's, I don't, 
okay, I know they've won a title. And yeah. I know they've been to three straight championships, and they've been very successful. And Kevin Love has the most important isolation defense situation in Cavs, Cavs uh, history when he stopped Steph Curry in Game 7. Um, but I've never really felt like he was really comfortable there. Um, no, I completely agree with that. Like, I love him. I think he's a great player. Um, I really... I, 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 when he gets hot, he's one of those guys that's super fun to watch when he gets on fire. Um, but it's just, it doesn't seem like he really take this for what it, oh god, I can't believe it. It doesn't seem like he really loves being LeBron's sidekick. No, neither did Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so, I mean, and the, th- the thing about, I, I will give Kevin Love credit for being super professional. Yes, for sure. During he all of this. He won a title, he's been to the he finals won a three title. Times, and that's worth it to him. I mean, him Him and LeBron have not had, from what I understand, the greatest relationship over the last couple of years. I mean, there was the, you know, the fit-in stuff, and then there was, you know, of course, the famous pool conversation where he decided to re-sign with the team, which is awesome. But, like you said, I don't, there's always been kind of some sort of disconnect with, with Kevin Love being in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what it is. I don't really... He's like one of those guys... I know he he wants to win games, but I don't know if... The year they won the title, obviously, he was supposed to be there. And like you said, the, the defense on, on Steph helped them end up winning the game and everything. And he just... I, I don't know. He's... I, I don't know if he can he can help this team any more than he already did two years ago. Is he... I don't want to say this about him because I think he's a great player. He's had a great career. I mean, the 2020 yes. stretch was unbelievable. Yes. I think, you know, he's going to go down. Honestly, I do believe the Cavs will recognize him one time as one of their all-time greats for his four-year run here, running with that team. But yes. um, there are some things I've been reading that are kind of, like, sticking out to me, and I don't want to believe them to be true, but I could see them being true. Okay. Is he good stat on bad team mm-hmm. guy? I mean, yeah, I mean, that was that was something we all kind of thought, you know, back when he was in Minnesota. So, yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't able to carry them to the playoffs in any of the years he was there. He was able to make all-star teams, but, you know. And, you know, on the other end of that conversation, too, Tristan Thompson's been excellent these last two games. Um, yes, even, weirdly. Yeah, like, he didn't start in game one, um, but he still managed to have a huge game for them getting big rebounds. He didn't, he missed one free throw. And he took wow. more than two. So that tells you that that was, that was a good day for Double T. Um, yeah. <laughs> he also made a shot while the Toronto crowd was chanting Chloe at him. So I love oh, nice. I love Raptors fans, dude. They are awesome. Um, even though they don't really understand basketball all the time. but That's just because they use the metric system. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> so, like, how many kilos does this ball weigh? Yeah. And then, of course... I think um, George Hill's been really good for them, too. Uh, he was really, you know, especially Game 7. George Hill's a consummate professional. Right. Yes. Game 7, he didn't even play the first half, and he was just awesome in the second. And yes, then, he was. That's he, so George Hill. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then last night, you know, um, I don't think last night's stats were all that good, but he made it, he made it, he was a really good facilitator for them. Mm-hmm. That was a game where LeBron played his worst game and the team really stepped up, which we haven't seen in a few well, weeks. This was the first playoff game this season that someone else other than LeBron scored more than 20 points. JR was yeah. on fire. Yeah, and that's the first time this entire playoff season that someone on the Cavs other than LeBron scored 20 points. Yeah. It's so weird and so sad. And uh. the hindsight, Kevin Love played 34 minutes last night, had 7-13. and 13. He was a minus 7. I'm not... An over person that overflates what plus minus means, but that's because it's a hockey stat, right? It kind of says a little something in that case, real where he is right now, doesn't it? I think matchups play a role in that too, and I think that he should probably do be doing a little bit better against the Toronto front court. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I think it's a weird spot for him where I. I don't know what you do with a guy like that because I don't think, aside from a couple big shots, like Cleveland doesn't seem like a spot that's very conducive for a stretch big to be paired with someone like Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I feel like one has to succeed at 
the sacrifice of the other. Is this Harry Potter? To one, an extent. One cannot live while the other survives. And it's kind of... <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know, and it's just like a weird pairing that when they're like, LeBron and Kevin Love, I'm like, that sounds great, but structurally or like fundamentally, I don't see how that pairing is going to be long-term consistently successful unless you have a guy like Kyrie who can f- can facilitate like two different offensive styles. But when you're dropping a defensive anchor like Tristan Thompson who likes to stay under the rim, you know, take his sweet time getting to said rim... <laughs> And then, like, he's not – for Kevin Love, I think, to be the most successful Kevin Love, if he's not down under the rim, he needs to be out on the perimeter so when someone gets to the rim, they can kick it out to him. And Tristan Thompson isn't that guy. Right. I agree with that completely. And that that's kind of where I think he's going to struggle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just – it's – um. You know, I always I want him to be great there, and I think his stretches he's had great stretches, and obviously you know we were very big fans of him when he had this you know discussion that came out about the mental health stuff earlier in the year. So he's obviously an easy guy to root for. Oh yeah, it doesn't make I mean exactly doesn't make him a shitty person. No, no, that's not what I'm getting at. By no, I know, I know. Uh, I just I want we're gonna say this. This is what's been happening with when we talk shit about cat like certain Cavs players. He's going to have some, like, crazy game like, game three or four when they go back home to Cleveland where he's going to drop, like, 22 and 12. And I can't wait for it. I'm just – I'm trying to be that jinx like I have been for Tristan Thompson all year. Mm-hmm. Right? I just said he was suck. He sucked for 82 games, and all of a sudden he's been pretty decent, so. He's had a game and a half that's good. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, uh, I will take whatever – was he make freaking $47 million He's making that Yamahimi money. Right. <laughs> oh, dude! See, did you see John Wall like basically calling out Gortat and Mahimi? No. Yeah, he was basically like, in his exit interview. He goes, "Well, you know what the league's now. We need athletic big men that can score and they stretch the floor." And I'm like, "Damn, John!" So, so you're telling me that you would that? Oh God, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just got this visualization of the Wizards being like, here's our 2018-2019 three-headed monster, and it's Wall, Beal, and Carmelo. <laughs> oh my god, that's going to happen. And, and yeah, the red, white, and blue striped I know, jerseys. as soon as you said that. Thomas Sadoransky is going to be traded to the Thunder next year. Oh man, I just, I just saw that. I'm like, oh, I see that, and I hate it. <laughs> but it looks so real in my mind. Yeah, it does. Uh, um, so let's talk about the Raptors real quick because you know I was very adamant that no, they weren't going to be choke artists this year, guys. I promise. It's you. one game. I know, but they had that game won. That yeah. game should have never gone to overtime. No, they should have made one of the last six shots that they made in the last forty-two seconds or whatever. You mean eleven shots or seconds? They were one for eleven to end the end the regulation. Oh god! I think I think I saw. See, I think I saw. I think I saw three for nineteen. In the last, like in their last nineteen shots, they made three of them. But like, oh man, ice I mean, cold. Yeah, but they I missed. Was... They missed four shots to get out of overtime at the rim. Yeah. Ugh. And you know, couldn't get a rebound. And you know when it, but it, yeah, okay. So credit to Toronto, where in a tight game. In the closing seconds, down by just one basket, and you just need one basket to win. I don't know who else I would want taking that shot other than Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> I was like, what? 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 Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. think, I don't even think I said that dude's name right. No, you did. Oh, cool. Yeah, nothing like having the guy with a shoulder injury shoot the shot with the game on the line. Hey, it sounds perfect. Yeah. Good old Dwayne Casey. Always failing me. Trashters. Trashers! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought Cleveland was going to win the series anyway, strictly because of LeBron. But now I just feel more confident because it seems like he's gaining confidence in some of his teammates now. I, I almost wish we all lived in Canada just so I... Like, just so I could see Sean sitting at like a Tim Hortons reading the paper and then just like throwing the paper down going, Trashters! In a public place. 
and then being like, I'm gonna check the maple leaf box for And then when somebody <laughs> looks over at him, he's just like, sorry. <laughs> and now everyone that listens to us in Canada hates us. Nah. I'm sorry. Alright, last topic before we get out of here, real quick, guys. All right. Who wins in a fight? Draymond Green or Charles Barkley? Because apparently Charles Barkley said he wants someone to punch him in the face. And then went even further to say he wants to be the person that punches him. Okay, are, are we talking like playing basketball, Charles Barkley, or are we talking like sitting on his throne a sub sandwich as Charles Barkley? Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna go throwing guy through window, Charles Barkley. Then, then Charles Barkley wins. Right, but if it's like lost in a race to Dick Bavetta, Charles Barkley, I'm going to I'm going with Draymond Green. <laughs> I think I think uh, Sir Charles in his prime would probably he I don't know, man, he was crazy. I mean, he was so crazy. He strangled a dude from Angola. He's dude. Barkley was nuts, man. I would not want to. I would not have messed with him when he was playing. I feel like okay. So with Draymond, though, right? Like we we've joked so often about how he's low key the next Dennis Rodman. I I genuinely feel like there's going to be a dude in like a trilby, a trench coat and a briefcase going to walk like walk by Draymond Green one day and be like Sierra, Optimo, Relish, Finish. And like Draymond's just going to like all of a sudden start constructing a sniper rifle cuz he's secretly been a like a crazy sleeper agent. <laughs> like he's just going to be like, "Oh, I've got to kill Charles Barkley." <laughs> like <laughs> like, I, I think there is a level of crazy in Draymond Green that the whole world doesn't know about. <laughs> I think that dude is like sleeper agent crazy. And in a fight with anybody, I think I may take Draymond Green. Because that dude, I think that dude has got like Latrell Sprewell level crazy in him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, they looked awesome last night. Yeah. Yeah. Even after saying that the the Pelicans' pace is tiring, yeah. So I guess that means in a seven game series the Pelicans have a chance, but that's not going to go to seven games. Nope, I'm going to cry about it later. Nah, we'll be fine. They'll get they'll get uh, Paul George next year, and I'll be good. <laughs> no. You're not giving that up, are you? Uh, I'll give it up when it doesn't happen. Okay, so July. Yeah. Sooner, sooner rather than later. I, you know, I gotta. I, I'm already visualizing it, and I'm just like, man, I like that. Get mellow on the on the Wizards, you know. That's yeah. N- now, now it's gonna happen. <laughs> Great. Suck Great. it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this has been 48 minutes. I almost called it 43 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it does come to you each and every week on podcast services around the globe, and if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes go to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can read all of the articles we intermittently put up for you throughout the season and if you want to get caught up you can do it there as well if you want to support the show this little fucking madness chart madness car is entirely put together by us it does not cost you anything it is 100 percent free if you want to keep it free to get more eyes on the product click that subscribe button leave us a nice little review it only helps us out and it doesn't cost you anything until next week thank you tim thank you sean heel hayward houston is fine catchphrases good night